Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, my name is Kevin McDonnell and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. This episode is a takeover with Progressive co-founders Rob Moore and Mark Homer. Rob Moore and Mark Homer co-founded Progressive Property in the 2000s and have gone on to build a multi-million pound property portfolio. They own, co-own and manage hundreds of properties in the Peterborough area and Mark Homer is the UK's leading property investment expert. In this episode, you're going to learn how to invest 25k. So let's get straight into the episode. See you next week. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and I'm with Mark Homer, and this is part three in the series, How to Invest. So we're doing a How to Invest X Pounds series. We've done How to Invest £5,000, How to Invest £10,000, and this one, part three in the series, is How to Invest £25,000 for the best return. Now, if you're watching on any other channel than the Progressive Property YouTube channel, make sure you're subscribed, which tiny.cc forward slash PPTV, all capitals. Harry, if you could put it on the screen, tiny.cc forward slash PPTV, PPTV, all in capitals, um, just in case you're watching on any other channel or if you're watching on the Progressive Property channel, but you're not subscribed, you're watching, but you're not subscribed. Right, so Mark, 25 grand you've got to invest. Um, what are you going to do with it? You're going to put it into property, resi or commercial? You're going to start a business? What are you going to do with it? I'd go straight into buying a cheap single let. I'd use it as a deposit. I'd crack on, um, get, you know, you hopefully get something that needs a little bit of value adding to it. Maybe use it as some refurb monies. Um, I think in certain areas of the country, you could easily use that as a deposit. Um, and um, yeah, that's how I get rolling. But I buy it cheap enough so that I could roll it into more deals. That would be far and away by number one um, sort of home for the money. What if you're in like London? I guess you can't get a... You might drive somewhere. You might go further out or I maybe choose to do a rent to rent, which you probably could do locally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And when you say rolling the deposit round, what do you yeah. mean by that? Um, I'd buy something cheap enough, add value through refurb or um, some other means to increase the property value. Change of uh, use, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, and a little house, you're probably not going to sort of be doing that. But you'd be, probably just a refurb uh, and then increase the value of the house uh, and then remortgage it. And then that enables you to do what? Get your deposit or a good chunk of it out to keep going and yeah. keep keep rolling. Okay. So back in 2006, you started doing this quite a lot, didn't you? I did. I think, no, I started doing it in, when was it, 04, I think I started. Yeah, 04, 05. Um, yeah, and then um, just did a whole series of them. Um, kept kept buying them from estate agents, uh, leaflets, um properties that needed work um they're sort of mostly ex-local authority um and then just kept, kept on adding value and, and remortgaging them okay great um would you invest all the twenty-five thousand, or would you keep any of it as a contingency well it depends if i've got other cash but if i hadn't i would be keeping some cash as a contingency contingency 
uh, I don't know, maybe up to 5,000. Obviously, that depends on your other income streams and, and what other sort of uh, responsibilities and commitments that you've got. Um, but um, yeah, I wouldn't spend every penny on a buy to let. Yeah. Okay. Um, business. Would are there any businesses you'd get in with that kind of money? Uh, I think there's loads of businesses that you could get in with that kind of money. Uh, I still prefer the sweat equity model, uh, where you're um, putting a load of energy and time, and you know, sort of, sort of, uh, I don't know, gumption to to get a business off the ground. I think that is easily, far and away, the biggest leverage. Um, I mean, as opposed to um, putting loads of money in yeah, or raising exactly. debt or equity. And just spending yeah. money on, on irrelevant things within a business. Um, so, yes, absolutely. Okay, fine. Um, premium bonds, watches, lending money, um, crowdfunding, peer-to-peer lending. Any of those interest you at that kind of level? Um, or I've, part of the 25 grand? Yeah, I maybe if you know what you're doing, you really know what you're doing. Uh, you could lend money out with a first charge. Wouldn't do it on any other basis. Uh, you could. What's your reason for that? Because oh, there's a good chance, you know, after a while you don't get your money back. Um, you know, just with a personal guarantee or a second charge. Um, I just I hear too many stories. Um, Premium bonds, yes, could be good. Maybe you'll get, I don't know, 3% return if you're lucky. Um, probably not great. What were the other ones? So what? Um, we've got crowdfunding. Crowdfunding. It uh, depends what and where and how likely you are to get your money back. I think there's some some good losses with crowdfunding uh, have started to appear or have been have been sort of evident over the last, uh, you know, recent few years. Um, what's the other one? Um, well, we've got a few here uh, in our uh, pre-planning and research. Let's go to shares because I know you like to invest in shares. Uh, and I know sometimes you will just put it in a, um, I don't know, a tracker type yeah. fund. And then other times you'll actually invest in a single company if you yeah. so. Well, I mean, again, you know, you could use your ISA allowance. You could put it into trackers um, using Vanguard or Hargreaves Lansdowne easily. Uh, that that would be a very easy uh, place to put the funds. Um, you could also put some money into single equities. Um, I do that sometimes. It is riskier, uh, but I've made some good returns from that. But you can also lose pretty big as well mm. on a single equity. So it's a good idea to spread it. Yeah. And so I guess some important things to say here are, of course, like we've said in every video, make sure you do your own due diligence and research. We're suggesting things we've either, either done or um, we're interested in doing or we have previously done. Um, and the next thing is to make sure that you invest in something that you enjoy doing. We talked about this on the last video, didn't we? Um, I think it is absolutely critical. You need to love what you're going to put the money into. Um, you need to, it needs to really excite you, um, which will make you want to read and learn and become better at it by sort of um, osmosis and and you know getting into it with others and you talk to other people about it and you watch all the sort of documentaries and any other sort of news and read stuff online about it and listen to audio books, you're going to do a lot more of that if you're interested and you're passionate in that thing. 
Yeah, I had a, uh, I still have him as a friend, but I had a friend who for quite a few years in the early days was um, investing money into crowdfunding platforms. He loved it. He was figuring it all out. He was quite early in on it and he made a decent return. He was, I think he was up at like um, 8% um, pretty consistently, mm. but as I knew nothing about it, I didn't put any money into it. Um, also, the, another important point to make is, and Mark refers to this a few times over these series, is is this your only 25 grand? Now, I suppose how to invest 25 grand might make the assumption that that's all you've got. Um, but of course, um, if you've got contingencies and um, ways to earn more money, or you've got that amount of money, but you've got ways to earn more relatively quickly, then you can take more risks. If it's your only 25 grand and you've got nothing else, of course, you'd probably want to be a bit more defensive. So let's do that, Mark. Um, let's go. If this is your only 25 grand, you haven't got any backup at all. It's the money that you've got, but you want to invest it for the maximum return. What are you going to do with it? Uh, I would probably put five grand aside um, and I'd probably crack on um, probably probably into rent to rent or maybe trying to do a JV with somebody else to get them to put a good chunk of money in um, so that you can get a, a sort of better property project. Mm. Yeah. So um, a lot of people, one of the reasons we're doing this series is we get asked to do that a lot. Um, how do you invest five grand, 10 grand, 25 grand, 50 grand, 100 grand, 250 grand, 500 grand. We're going to do the whole series, but we get asked this all the time. Um, but what a lot of people um, admit to view as a strategy is you don't actually have to invest all that money. You could use that money as a contingency um, or use that money as um, oh, essentially to live off or to have in the bank. Uh, and you could go and find a JV partner and the JV partner could lend you money or you could go into um, even an, uh, an SBV together if you're doing a commercial project or um, they could invest all of the cash and you could do all of the work and they could um, put all the money up and you could have a 50-50 split on um, any uplifting growth and any income, which is what Mark and I did in the early days when he had deposit monies and I didn't have deposit monies. People often say to me, Rob, there's no such thing as no money down. Well, I know there is because I've done many deals that are no money down. If you can find someone who's a bit further ahead of you, who's got um, a bit more capital to invest or someone who's got capital and they're not, not further ahead of you, but you put up the knowledge and the expertise in your local area for buying single lets, for example, then you could have your whole 25 grand as a contingency or you could have, um, I don't know, 50% of it as a contingency and then you could live off some for a bit or use it to put in, a, say, as part of the refurb. Okay, so if it's your last 25 grand and you're going to put some into the stock market or you're only 25 grand, are you going to be quite diverse or are you going to go in on one or two companies? Definitely you diversify and the easy way to do that would be with trackers. Um, but if you want to pick individual stocks, I would be probably making sure you're in at least 10 and probably put some bonds in there as well and maybe some precious metals. Yeah. Okay, fine. Can you get into commercial property with that kind of money or we're not there yet? I think you can through a fund or maybe with other partners. Um, but, you know, unless you're buying in Stoke-on-Trent, um, you know, no, you <laughs> You're probably going to need to put 40% deposit down and, yeah. and stamp duty and all the rest of it. So it's going to be very need to be a very cheap um, commercial property yeah. that might have issues and might be hard to find a tenant. So quite difficult, I think. Okay. But um, when we get to the 100 grand, 250 grand, 500 grand series, we might be able to talk about commercial property then? Yeah. 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 
Okay. Uh, right. Watches. Any watches at this level that would interest you? Yeah. Well, you could go and buy a steel Daytona, couldn't you? You could go and buy um, a, a double red, which I think would be a, a Rolex. Um, it's a sea dweller yeah. double red. Um, yeah, I think that would be a brilliant one. You could go and buy a um, a gold Daytona, couldn't you? Um, I need to get the model number. Um, you could buy some Pateks. Yeah. Like um, the Moonface. Uh, I'll get the model number. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, with 25 grand, mm. I'd probably put, let's say I wanted to invest it in a watch. I probably, again, like Mark, I think I'm always going to keep 20% aside as a general rule. Um, just because you never know what might happen. You need a contingency. You might need to do a repair on the watch. You've got to insure the watch. Um, you might need insurances and legal costs and things with property investment. You might have a few months of voids. Um, with 25 grand, I'd probably start with the steel Daytona. Um, you can get them. Uh, prices change, so I'm a bit reticent to say prices, but definitely you can get one at that kind of pr money or a bit less. The double reds might have gone up well beyond that now, Mark. I know Let's that um, when you bought the double red, I don't even know if I should. Well, I'm going to say it doesn't matter, but it was. I think it was sub ten grand you paid for yours, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it was a lot cheaper than it is now. The single reds are a bit cheaper than the double reds, and they're and they're a limited run. Um, personally, for me, Patek's, I'd probably wait until you get to the complications. I find the value tracking the value of the non-complicated Patek Philippe's. I find that harder unless it's a Nautilus at the moment, but you can't get a Nautilus under 50 grand. So I probably wouldn't be there. They're, yeah, the, the double reds are all sort of about 50,000 US. So I don't know, 40,000 pounds. Yeah. Something like that. You've done all right on you, haven't you? Right. Okay. Um, what about some starting a business then? Yeah. So, uh, for me, if I had 25 grand to invest, um, I'd want minimum amount on the capital outlay and maximum amount on the marketing. And the reason for this is um, you can go mad on capital expenses. You can get fancy cameras like we've got here and desks and computers and all of that, which will, of course, all go down in value um, and be worth a third or a quarter of what they are three years later. And they don't generate you any money. Whereas doing Google ads, Facebook ads, YouTube ads, Amazon ads, any any other kind of ads, or um, free and low-cost social media campaigns and boosting posts and things like that, running webinars. Um, these are all great ways to get leads and therefore clients. So um, the kind of business, well, I mean, look, I, again, I think it's important to do something that you love to do. People are always asking me, hey, Rob, what's, what's the best business model to be in? Well, you could be in the great business model of the moment, but not enjoy the business model. And that's the worst business model to be in. Um, if, I, if, if you had a gun to my head and you said, hey, Rob, you know, come on, give me two or three really good business models right now. I'd certainly say e-commerce. So I know a lot of people are making money on Amazon as a, a reseller. There's quite a few different e-commerce models. I think Shopify is where the next sort of wave of um, online entrepreneurs are. Uh, building up a, a social media fo a following, you know, maybe more in terms of like a creator or an influencer, um, because once you get to a certain level of following, then you're able to run ads and get sponsorships and endorsements, which could definitely give you a, a full time wage just off the um, followers that you have. Um, I'd certainly be keen on any kind of training or information based businesses. 
Um, we have a multi-million pound information-based business, a tra- you know, training companies in property and business and personal development. So they would probably be my three favoured business models. Um, Mark, would you consider maybe uh, keeping some of that money to build a, a property deal packaging business or a property rent-to-rent business? Um, yeah, I, I, yes, I would. Um, I think you probably don't even need that much money to start one of those businesses. I do it on five grand. Yeah, I think you could. Uh, I just think you need to put a load of energy, a load of work in, um, you know, and, and be really sort of get passionate, passionate and very interested in it. Uh, and I think it could cost you a lot less than that. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, any cars you'd look at maybe investing in? Um, yeah, Mercedes Benz SL, maybe R129 would still be in that zone. Um, I think you could E46s, BMW sort of three series E46s. Um, you could probably get yourself into, um, yeah, need restoration, wouldn't it? Something as old as that. Um, trying to think Renault 5 GT Turbo be that sort of money yeah uh, really nice one um, I don't know some of the Lotuses mm. yeah um, wouldn't get any Ferraris or no you're not uh, quite there yet are no. you I do remember when the Testarossas were 30, 40 grand were they yeah, yeah. they were when we had the 430 were they yeah because I was thinking of buying one at that time mm. I didn't because I had you weren't in my ear but in my head I had you in my ear going you don't need two Ferraris and why are you doing that but I mean you know you, you don't get many Testarossas under 100 grand now I don't think not decent ones anyway with low mileage um, so okay fine uh, right what else have we got here um Harry, can we put some questions up? Because I think we're mostly good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. Have you ever invested in property with a friend? If so, did you experience any problems? Oh, that's to me, is it? Both of us. (laughs) Um, Have I in property with a friend? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have really. Um, I've invested with you, Rob and a few other people but i don't think i've had major issues um no would you now probably not no i don't want the grief of it all (laughs) (laughs) yeah what you think is if it goes wrong it obviously friendship's in jeopardy yeah yeah Mm. yeah I i think also you have to have an understanding of the commercial realities of investing together and a lot of people you who are your friends who you might go into it with maybe they're not necessarily that commercially minded. And then when something small goes wrong, they tend to overreact. You you've, you don't like investors who like are a bit all over you all the time, do you? Or, no, I um, usually spend six months getting to know them to, to work out sort of what they're like. Yeah. Um, and if I can get on with them and when challenges and problems come along, if they don't suddenly start panicking, uh, then I'll be more attracted to them. Yeah. Um, yeah just reasonable people. Um, I, yeah, I, I can't, be sort of servicing um high maintenance people really um i'd I'd just rather not not do a jv with them yeah sure yeah okay so we've been getting questions here's one from darius about if you've got 90 grand any ideas someone said 100 grand so next week next monday 7 p.m we're going to do the how to invest 50 grand 
And then the week after that, we're going to do how to invest 100 grand. So we'll come to all of those. Um, Harry, do you want to put any more up? Okay, so this is from Motion. If I were to purchase a buy-to-let with 25 grand on a buy-to-let mortgage, refurbish the property, would I be able to remortgage the property again after the refurb? Yeah, depending on the new lender. Um, once you've waited six months, usually, yes. Um, uh, depends what the surveyor says it's now worth. Um, but yeah, in general, you could. So, John, a PPLH costs 25 grand. Does it? Depends <laughs> how long it takes you to pass. Depends how good you are, yeah. Um, how much does your net worth need to be as a minimum to justify 25 grand on a, a private um, flying license? PPLH, so helicopter. Uh, what do you reckon, Mark? When did we start flying? Uh, 2010. And I think because of the weather and, you know, stop starting, you know, you, you, you do an hour and then you can't sort of carry on with your lessons because the weather's not good or the instructor's not there or the helicopter's gone or it's in for maintenance. It ended up taking about two years. Mm. Um, you have to do seven theory uh, sort of written tests um, and then at 45 hours flying. But I think we ended up doing 60 something. Um just yeah because it, it took so long and you forget stuff and all the rest of it but you can go to florida and do it all in about three months all in one go which mm. is probably a good idea yeah um yeah but how much do you need i don't know i mean that's a sort of personal question isn't it mm. um i don't know it's not it's not an investment uh, it's it's, we're talking about how yeah. to invest 25 grand yeah. here so i probably wouldn't recommend doing that if it's, that, it's, it's not enjoyment an there's, there's nothing investment about that um no. i there is a school i think not far from here that sort of gets especially youngsters in on the basis that they can invest this money to become a pilot uh, and then they can fly helicopters commercially but i'd say the vast majority of them never make it or get a job um so, yeah, my experience is it's a recreational activity. I don't know. You probably want to be worth a few hundred thousand pounds, wouldn't you, to sort of spray 25 grand on a on a PPL? Yeah, you would Depends have Depends how interested so. you are. Yeah. yeah. At least 100 grand, I'd have thought. Yeah. Although the point was made some people earn 30, 40 grand a year and buy an 80 grand car. That is, some people probably do do that. Um, yeah, how that, sustainable is that? Yeah, an 80 grand car might cost you, um, I don't know, 10, 15 grand a year all in, mm. um, a helicopter like that to hire, um, probably costs me about 15 grand a year. And obviously that doesn't get me to work or anything like that. It's just sort of fun. Um, so yeah, it's quite, I think Definitely it's quite another level. It's quite a different. Yeah. If you, if you own it, I'd have thought you, yeah, you're well into with all the fuel and all the rest of it. You're probably into 40, 50 grand, something like that a year. Uh, and that's sort of tax paid money. Um, so it's a lot more expensive than a Tesla. <laughs> Would you think our holiday let cabin, 17 grand plus four grand annual ground rent with five grand interior services, luxury renovation to be good for Airbnb? I think that that is very dependent on what property it is and where it is and how good you are at marketing and managing it and getting good reviews. Uh, I think it's less to do with the numbers you put on the screen. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, great. Um, what if you couldn't get a mortgage on a single let? Could um, you get into property? Yeah, you might use a JV partner to invest with. Um, 
just because one lender says you can't have a mortgage, it doesn't mean that all lenders say you can't. Um, there could be plenty of lenders that may give you a mortgage at a higher interest rate. Um, and, the, the you know, there'll, there'll still be a lot of lenders that would sort of accept you or, or, you know, if you find a way to improve your credit, you may get one in six months time as well. Rob Moore giving off Miami Vice vibes. Thank you very much for that, says James Dean. <laughs> as a busy NHS professional, is it recommended that you save to buy a second home as an investment property um, in a cash ISA, or is it better to seek out the help of a financial advisor and invest in various equities over time? Can you bring that back up? Yeah, can you bring it back up, Harry? Um, so basically, you're putting a cash, you're saving the cash within a cash ISA, um, and then you're going to crack open the cash ISA to basically buy a £120,000 house. Or is it better to speak out the... Yeah, I think you are probably better investing in equities I wouldn't use a financial advisor usually. I'd just go on to Vanguard or Hargreaves Lansdowne and invest in a tracker portfolio. I think over you know the medium to long term, if it's at least three to, three to five years plus, I think you're going to be making um, average returns which are much higher than a cash ISA. Uh, and then you could crack that money open uh, and put it into a property once you've got enough for a deposit. Thanks, Harry. What about investing in other asset classes, e.g. Bitcoin? We always get the Bitcoin question, don't we, Every How to invest? You cannot have that without a Bitcoin question. I personally wouldn't put all of 25 grand into Bitcoin. It, we're assuming you've only got 25 grand or it's 25 grand amount that you're going to invest and you might have the ability to earn more. I personally wouldn't put it all into um, Bitcoin or any other crypto. I still see them as very volatile and high risk. They're still here. They're still going. I'm not against them. I'm not an expert in them. So you don't hear um, either of us talking too much about them. You might consider putting off, off 25 grand. You might consider maximizing or, or putting a maximum of, say, 20% of that money into um, one or more cryptocurrencies. I would just see that as very high risk. The reason Mark would be prepared to put most or all of 25 grand into a property investment, whereas he might not be willing to put all of that into any other classes because he knows property very well and he likes property a lot and he knows how to do it. Um, if you know cryptos really well and it's your main thing, then, you know, you could probably invest most of that because you know what you're doing, though it is still a very young investment class. Um, and so I just think it's really wise. I mean, we... Um, we were teaching people um, to invest more wisely in crypto, uh, I think about three years ago. Uh, and I said a lot that we wanted to help people get better education so that they wouldn't throw their money around. The courses were online. They're only 350 quid. So, you know, it was um, it was it was a good, good value investment before you made the investment. Um, but uh, it's really important to educate yourself on the asset classes. Um, really important not just to go in, in in a craze because everyone else is going into it. Um, and, and I said it was I said back then that um, it's risk capital. And by that, we mean capital you can afford to lose. So I basically said when we were offering these courses, I don't want anyone to do these courses if you're going to invest all the money that you've got 
um, into crypto and um, you're expecting this to save your life because that's risky. Um, so it's money you can afford to lose. So if 25 grand is a tenth of your investment pot, then get into some crypto. Some people have done very well. But if you don't do a load of research, it's just a gamble. Um, but you could still do a load of research and it'd be a gamble. Trevor said, would you put 25 grand into a classic car? Well, if it was my only 25 grand, no. Um, would I put 25 grand into a classic car? Yeah, I would. Um, we've, we have more than that in one particular classic car. Uh, and looking at another one, um, I think quite a few cars have gone up in value. So I think if you do your research, you can, to a larger or lesser degree, work out what kind of car is going to go up. Um, if you love cars, you're going to want to do the research, aren't you? You're going to spend all day, every day on all the comparison sites and you're going to track the prices year on year. And if you don't, you're probably not. So um, when it comes to classic cars, you need to remember maintenance. You can, you, there's no warranty. Um, you're obviously running it. Um, does depreciate it, adding mileage to it, etc. So you've got to think about storage. Um, and, you know, uh, you've got to have it on trickle charge, for example. You have somewhere with a good temperature to store it. And these things all add to the cost. When you invest in watches, you've got to think about insurance and security. Um, what kind of costs are there, Mark, when you invest in a property? Things like insurances and maintenance and management and all of that. Um. It depends what kind of property it is, but if it's a single let, um, you would have some maintenance, which could be, let's say, 500 to 1,000 a year. You're going to have your gas safety check. You're going to have an electrical safety certificate. Um, you're going to need to insure it. Um, you're going to have a letting agent. Um, you might have, if you've got a HMO, then on top of that, you'd have some utilities, council tax. Um, you'd have TV license. Um, internet, water, gas, electric, um, and with the HMO, you'd have cleaning. Um, Got to be careful about some potential voids as well, haven't you? Yeah, you voids could be 5 to 10%, depending on the, the property type and the location. Okay. Um, Harry, I can – all right, you're just bringing them up. Great. If you were young and had that money, uh, would you live off it and find inve investors to purchase property with? Um I mean, look, if you needed it to live, you need it to live, in which case you're forced to go and find joint venture partners. Um, I personally feel that you don't necessarily need to spend or invest all the cash. And people are, you know, this series is how to invest X cash, 5, 10, 25, 50, 100, et cetera. Um, but that's assuming that you want to invest that money. You could save that money, live off that money and go and find, um, you know, a financial partner, a JV partner who might... Um, back putting some money into your property deals. That's definitely viable. A lot of people in the progressive property community, they do that. So it's definitely an option. Uh, in fact, even if you do what Mark said and recycle the deposit, what, you're going to get one property a year doing that maybe? Yeah, it may be, I don't know, maybe you'd one, one every nine months, something like that. It might take you that yeah. long to remortgage. Yeah. Whereas if you had someone who's got enough money for five properties, you could get five in a year. So you could go quicker with, in partnerships. There was a quick, oh, all right, you're too quick, Harry. <laughs> what are your thoughts on auction government surplus and storage units? Oh, I'll let you answer that one, Mark, because I know don't, nothing yeah, about those. don't know anything about either. Um, haven't seen government auctions in this country. Um, and storage units, I know a guy that sold 
his company um, that was was doing those and did really well out of it, but I've never done them, um, so I don't know a lot about them. Imran has said here the best investment is on yourself. That's true. Uh, that is very That's true. true. And um, learning how to invest wisely, learning about the asset classes that you're in, developing the skills and doing some courses on the strategies that you want to get into and the continual development, the personal development. I think that's a really good point. Um, uh, would I invest all 25 grand if that's all I had in um, myself as an investment? I don't think you need to. I think you might invest 20% of it, something like that. I think Brian Tracy says, invest the value of your car or 10% of your earnings, whichever is greater. I might be slightly paraphrasing that, but 10% um, of your earnings in your personal development, your education, investing in yourself, that to me, that makes a lot of sense. It, it could be a little bit more if you think you're going to get a good return. Now, if you invest in your knowledge of sales and marketing and business and entrepreneurship, and then you go, go and set up an online training company, you know, in the lockdown, for example, and you get really good at marketing and you can get, generate leads um, at £5 a lead and you can convert them at £25 a lead for a £250 product, well, then you've got a little bit of a license to print money and scale there, haven't you? And um, that's definitely um, all part of investing in yourself and your knowledge. There was a question. Oh, Harry, you're too quick. Um, Matthew said, Rob, uh, where is your shirt from? Is that a 25 grand investment? No, it's Alexander McQueen and it's not a 25 grand investment. Did, did they give you some money, Rob, or was it? What you mean, am I being paid to wear <laughs> <Was> this? It... <laughs> Just because your granddad uh, hasn't uh, got his jumper uh, because uh, you've got uh, it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the question was about my shirt. You saw one. Oh, yeah, he was asking about um, whether to use a financial advisor. I can answer this. I, I think investing your time and money into educating yourself on how to invest yourself. I think that there you go. Um, some tips on finding a financial mentor to help you manage and invest your money in different asset classes as an entrepreneur. So not a financial advisor. Well, I personally think educating yourself around money and investment is uh, a worthy pursuit. And uh, is, I think it's better than having a financial advisor because not, nothing against financial advisors, obviously, but they rely on people who don't know how to invest and manage their own money. And if you learn to invest and manage your own money, you're likely going to give yourself the best advice. You're not biased by any particular commission schemes or incentives. Um, and you're more committed to making your own investments work. Have you ever used an IFA? Would yeah, you? I used to use one. Yeah. Yeah. And then I realized he didn't really do anything uh, <laughs> that I couldn't quite easily do myself, but maybe I didn't trust myself to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you go on a platform like Vanguard or Hargreaves Lansdowne and you can invest in active funds or trackers, all the information is there. Um, you can easily build a portfolio or it will build a portfolio that a financial advisor would. Um, most of those guys just take lots of trail commissions and write letters and cover their arse. Um, I never really seen any over the long term. You know, my, my parents have come to the same conclusion as well. They realized their old financial advisor was properly, properly, um, creaming some, some good money out of their investments and they just do it themselves. Now there's nothing complicated about it. No. No. Okay. Any others, Harry? 
Um, by the way, Mark, your 99 apartment video was very good. Thanks very much. That's very nice of you, John. Um, Sam, how are you, Sam? Um, hope Andy and the kids are well. If you were 18 now, what would you invest 25 grand in? Definitely a house um, that needs some work. Then I would get your son to rent the rooms out to pay the mortgage. Um, he gets to keep the difference and he's paying the mortgage down uh, and he'll learn how to manage tenants, how to sort of refurb a house, how to run a mortgage, uh, and he'll have, probably have some really good money left over. Um, so that's what I'll be getting for Freddie. I think also uh, e-commerce is a great business to be in if you're young because you probably have an advantage over those that are older because you probably don't remember the world pre-internet. Um, so you're probably well more versed in using the internet and you don't need any stock holding, you don't need any premises. I think it's a really good business model. Um, and of course, at the moment, um, a lot of the sales are going online because obviously the high street is closed, semi-closed or with many social distancing rules and it's really hit retail hard. So, um, yeah, I mean, Jeff Bezos, is, I wonder if Jeff Bezos even started this pandemic. He must be loving it. <laughs> Uh, right. Any more, Harry? Three, four more. Yeah. Hi, guys. Which Mercedes SL are you suggesting and how many years approximately before okay. the value doubles? <laughs> well, we can't answer the last bit. I well, wish it, we could. It'll be 5.30 p.m. Tuesday afternoon in 2026. <laughs> um, but in terms of the um, R129 Mercedes SL, hopefully that'll give you an idea of the shape that I'm thinking. Um I think you could easily, easily get a 500 SL of that era. Uh, and I think it will turn out, you probably get one quite a bit cheaper, actually. And I think that will turn out to be a lovely investment. They are totally solid as well. They're a great looking thing. Thanks, Matt. I think they'll be going the way of the Pagoda, the 190 SL. Uh, they'll be worth really good money. Uh, Graham's asked, oh, here we are, Harry, you're too quick. Um, how about buying a business? So Mark and I are looking at letting agencies, training companies. Um, the reason we're looking at those is because they're businesses we already have and we know and, you know, I, would, I was going to say we understand. We do understand. We're not, we're always learning, but we have a letting agency with, what, 750, 800. It, it ebbs and flows a bit, doesn't it? Say 750 tenants and we have a training company that's, um, you know, can do 12, 15, I think it's best year, nearly 20 million pounds. So, um, yeah, they're the kind of businesses that we're looking to buy. And I'm definitely quite keen on that now, having been in our industries for 15 years, because it's harder to grow when you've been in the industry a long time. Um, so growing through acquisition is a good way to do that. Also, I think it's very likely in the next, what, 12 plus months, I think some businesses are going to struggle and I think you're going to get some bargains out there. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I think buying a business can be really good if you know what you're doing, if you know how to do your due diligence, you've got a really good accountant and solicitor to help you with the transaction. Um, but yeah, I, I suspect, you know, end of the winter, uh, even through the winter, there's companies which are just hanging on. Uh, there's going to be plenty of cheap stuff, uh, which you can probably take on. Thanks, Harry Goyne. You can be quick now. That's fine. Would you advise pay some of your mortgages off? Uh, I think that just depends on what rates you're paying and what your 
medium to long-term objectives are. If you've got a residential mortgage and you're paying one and a half, two percent 2%, probably no point paying that down. But if you've got a buy to let and you're on some high rate, six, 7%, then of course, good idea to, to pay it down. I prefer, unless something's on a particularly high rate of interest, I usually prefer to let father time bring the loan to value down uh, and then reinvest the surplus. Um, you know, in the long term or medium term, uh, we'll be looking to bring our loan to value of our portfolio down to about 50% and just, just hold it there. Do you think there's any money to be made in buying London black cabs and selling them abroad? No idea. Danny loves a good investment, doesn't he? He loves a speculation. Um, I think Danny was, the, was he the chap who asked about the um, government auctions? Um, I would just, there's been a few things that have come up here. I think, in, I'll tell you what, let's talk about this because it's important. What's the difference between an investment and a speculation? I think an investment has a predictable outcome. You buy a property, you know how much rent you're going to get on it uh, or out of it. I would call that an investment. Uh, a speculation is where you're buying, uh, expecting X amount uh, capital growth to happen over uh, X period. I think that's complete speculation and um, no, one, no one knows uh, over the short term what capital growth is going to occur Um you know, in any asset. Um, so I think I think that's a, a good example. I think anything that's not proven, I think anything that's really new, um, like some of those things that were suggested, um, anything you don't yet have a lot of knowledge in, I'd probably add that they're also speculative rather than um, kind of proven investments. Uh, any others, Harry? Should we take two more? Two more. Okay. Two more. Best mutual funds to start investing in from the UK? Um, so really, these are just tracker funds. Um, but I can just give you the names of I, you know, what I think are, are pretty good trackers. Um, I, I'm not majorly into buying all sorts of mutual funds now because um, I don't think the results are any better than the trackers that I've been buying really for the last few years. Um, so. I think that um, legal in general, international index trust uh, is a good one. Uh, iShares Pacific um, X Japan equity index, uh, iShares Emerging Markets equity index, Vanguard FTSE UK all share index, Vanguard FTSE 100 index, legal in general UK index. There'd be probably the main ones that I would be buying. Uh, I do like a bit of Lloyd's, but sometimes I win, sometimes I lose. I can't resist. We, we borrow money from them, so I think they're a good business. So whenever the shares are down, I tend to pile in. Um, I did buy a gold fund uh, before the recession, a couple of years before. It's done really well. It's gone up almost 60%. Um, but then I bought Lloyd shares before the recession and they've gone down 57%. So um, there you go. You I win bought, some, you lose Yeah, I bought some more since. Yeah. Final one, Harry. With people moving to the countryside as a result of more home working, do you think London house prices will tumble? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think if London house prices are going to go down, um, they'll go down because unemployment will go up 
towards the end of the year. I think all this homeworking stuff, yes, there'll be less people working in offices, but I think as coronavirus reduces, I think the benefits of offices will become more apparent again. There's a lot of sort of osmosis and conversations and, you know, access to files and all sorts of things you get in offices. Um, and, you know, once there's a vaccine or good therapies and this, this we, we hopefully start to get back to normal, maybe spring, summer uh, of 2021, um, you'll see people will, will start going back to offices. Uh, maybe not quite a, to the same extent, but, um, yeah, I think that, that will happen. Um, yeah, so our house price is going to go down. Uh, I think the risk is certainly nationally uh, towards the downside uh, and therefore you know you, you need to be bidding really hard uh, but is it going to be necessarily worse in London than anywhere else I don't really have an opinion on that and I don't think anybody necessarily knows great so next week 7 p.m Monday we'll be doing how to invest fifty thousand pounds for the best return um, so we will probably cover some of the things we've covered but more um, expensive investments uh, and also some new areas like we might be able to talk about commercial property, etc. Uh, every Monday, 7 p.m., we're doing this series, 50 grand, then 100 grand, then 250, then 500. Then we're going to do the finale, which is how to invest with low uh, funds, little or no money. Um, so wherever you're watching, you need to subscribe to the Progressive Property YouTube channel, which is tiny.cc forward slash pp. All capitals, as Harry has just put there in the comments before I could even ask him to. Uh, so we hope you enjoyed this episode, the how to invest five grand and how to invest 10 grand. Um, are they up? Are they available on the YouTube channel, Harry? Yeah. They are available on this channel. Now, it's probably good to watch the series and see it ascend because um, some things that we would have covered in this episode we've already covered in how to invest 10 grand or five grand and don't really want to repeat ourselves so it's probably just uh, good to watch them all so thanks for tuning in everyone yeah.